Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Happy Halloween to all my pod people out there. I hope you're having fun on my favorite holiday. I know I am. Because I'm doing my favorite thing, which is talking about horror movies. And tonight's movie is one that is somewhat controversial, though it is becoming more popular year after year, especially because of all the merch and swag coming from it. Honestly, if they put this movie out as a standalone Halloween movie and didn't try to tie it to the Michael Myers franchise, I think it would have been a bit more popular. But it's still one that I watch every year. So how about we get into tonight's main feature? Enjoy. Tonight I am reviewing Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982. Okay, we open on an old computer TV monitor graphics under the credits. Ooh, Tom Atkins is in this, so hot. So the computer graphics and ominous music continue. Finally, we zoom out and it's a jack-o'-lantern on a computer screen or a TV. Now we are somewhere in Northern California and it's October 23rd, Saturday, and we see someone running down a deserted road in the dark, then a car peels around the corner behind them and this really great music is playing. So far the music is great. So the guy runs into some business junkyard lot area and the car follows. As the guy tries to run out the back, he runs right into a guy in a suit who starts strangling him. But the guy gets this car to roll and crush the suit guy that's on top of him. So he runs away with something bright orange in his hand. Cue the thunderstorm. Now it's about an hour later and it's heavy, heavy rain. And we get a little news report leaving British authorities still baffled and without any substantial clues nine months after the theft. The blue stone was one of 19, believed to represent the 19-year cycle of the moon. It weighs more than five tons, making its disappearance a mystery indeed. Derek Smith at Stonehenge. Eight four days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Eight four days to Halloween, silver shamrock. Eight four days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Eight four days to Halloween, silver shamrock. Yes, kids, you too can own one of the big Halloween three. That's right, three horrific masks to choose from. They're fun, they're frightening, and they glow in the dark. We also got a bit of the amazing commercial from Silver Shamrock being watched by the gas station attendant. And bam, power goes out. And he starts hearing noises outside. Jump scare, the running man from the beginning grabs the attendant and falls to the ground saying, they're coming, they're coming. Cut to hot Tom Atkins as Daniel Chalice, the doctor. For the rest of this thing, I'll be calling him Dr. Dan. And he's coming to see his kids and his ex-wife is there and she is a see you next Tuesday. She's also a complete cunt. <laughs> and he got his kids some Halloween masks, and those masks sucked because his mom got them some silver shamrock ones, the skull and the witch. Clearly, Dr. Dan isn't the greatest father, but he tries. So he and his ex start to bicker, and before this scene goes any further, he gets beeped to go to the hospital, which I'm sure in his head is like, thank God, saved by the bell. Cut to the hospital, and the gas station attendant has brought in the running man with his pumpkin silver shamrock mask. And we get a little message from the running man. <laughs> They're going to kill us. All of us. All of us. Cut to suit guy in the hospital. The deserted hospital. Now, do hospitals get this empty and quiet at night? I've never been to a hospital at night or overnight, so I don't know. I just feel like there would be, you know, at least more hospital people around. I don't know. So, Suit Guy goes into Running Guy's room and kills him in the weirdest way. He covers his mouth, 
jams his fingers in his eyes and then pulls up. I don't know. It's pretty gross, but it's well done. <laughs> and then he wipes his hand on the curtain around the bed. <laughs> Douche. Then he gets caught by the night nurse, but he just walks by her and leaves her. And then the night nurse starts screaming. Dr. Dan runs after him, and the suit guy just walks the whole time while Dr. Dan is running. Maybe he can't run that fast. I don't know. Uh, so suit guy walks all the way to his car, gets in, pours gasoline all over himself, and then lights a lighter, and bam! Bye-bye, suit guy. Next day, Sunday the 24th. So the daughter of running guy shows up to identify him. Of course the cops are no help, but how would they even know what's happening? I mean, I barely know what's happening, and I've watched this movie already. <laughs> Jump to Wednesday the 27th, and we're in the coroner's office, and Dr. Dan is convincing the female coroner to help him figure out what was up with Suit Guy. You get the feeling in this movie that Dr. Dan has fucked every female in the tri-state area, and they are all okay with it. <laughs> Look, Chalice, I'm only the assistant. Just tell me what you know, Teddy. Not much. It's taking a while. The guy was just a pile of ashes. I know the sheriff thinks he was on drugs. That doesn't make any sense. I've seen lots of people on drugs. The man was in complete control. He looked like a businessman. He had to be one strong businessman, I can tell you that. You don't just pull someone's skull apart without a little lower arm strength. Know what I mean? Teddy, just do me this one favor. Check this one out yourself. No, I can't do that. It's got to go through the... Please. This thing's really got you. I've been with that hospital for eight years. Somebody just doesn't walk in. We'll see what I can do. No promises. Thanks. Thanks. I was always good at moonlighting, wasn't I? Oh, the best. Hey, do you still have that... Uh... Uh -huh. <laughs> How you been? Okay, you? Okay. Sierra Mesa's still making you drink your ass up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks again. Hey, you gonna be all right? So he leaves her to go to a bar. A bar where they change the channel on the TV to the Halloween movie with Mike Myers. That's right, Mike Myers and Laurie Strode are both in this movie. <laughs> Lame. Anyway, guess who shows up at the bar? The daughter of the running guy. Hi. Hello. My name's Ellie Grimbridge. I know. Dan Chalice. I know. One of the nurses told me I could find you here. I saw you at the funeral. Thank you. I'm sorry about your father. Did my father say anything to you the night he died? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, tell Ellie I love her. Bad liar. Thank you, anyway. Wait a second. I saw something that night. I don't know. Your father came into the hospital. He, I thought he was crazy, out of his mind. He's hanging onto a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they're going to kill us all. And in a little while, he was dead. And I don't know what the hell is going on. So they head out to her father's store, where we learn his shop is being muscled out by the big malls. I miss malls. I know I ranted about them in some past podcasts, but I guess it's just nostalgia. Eh. So we find out Ellie has been doing some investigating of her father's death, and it seems to be leading to the Silver Shamrock Mask Factory, so Dr. Dan calls his ex-wife to cancel again on his kids, then grabs a six-pack and gets into Ellie's car. <laughs> so they drive to the factory out in the middle of nowhere, and we get a little background on Silver Shamrock. I think it's the next exit. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's it. Then we go about 10 miles and turn right on 33. What I want to know is why they put their factory out here in the middle of nowhere. Oh, 
listen, Santa Mira, founded 1887, farming community, grew up around a large dairy. After World War II, a wealthy Irishman, Colonel Cochran, converted it into a toy factory. Silver Shamrock Novelties. Now given over to the manufacture and sale of Halloween masks. Largest in the world. Proud community, predominantly Irish. Irish Halloween masks? California? You never know. So they pull into Santa Mira, a tiny little company town, and all the townspeople just stare at the car as they drive through town. We also see that the town has CCTV cameras everywhere. So they check into the town motel as husband and wife, and they also see a black limo drive by with Mr. Cochran in it. More about him later. Cut to Buddy, Betty, and little Buddy, their awful child. In their big-ass RV, another angry woman in another car pulls up. I'm sure we'll see all of them later. We find Santa Mira has a curfew. It's six o'clock. It's six o'clock. Curfew. Curfew. All residents of Santa Mira, please clear the street. Curfew is now in effect. Please confine your activities to your own homes. Thank you. Then we get a long scene of uh, the video cameras all over town as Dr. Dan walks back to the motel from the liquor store and he runs into this semi-homeless man and lets him have a drink from his bottle. Ew. It is alcohol. Eh, whatever. But he uses it as a way to ask the guy some questions about Mr. Cochran. And he just lets him know that Mr. Cochran is watching and listening all the time. Creepy. So after the semi-homeless man leaves Dr. Dan, he heads into the junkyard, and two of the suits get him. One holds his shoulders down, and the other one rips off his head. <laughs> it is a great kill, especially that blood spurt at the end. Oof. Okay. Cut back to the motel, and we meet Angry Woman from before. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare you. Are uh, you picking up an order? Huh? Are you picking up an order at the factory? Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, I figured. There's no other reason to be in this godforsaken place. All I can say is good luck to both of us. They may make great masks, but ever since they started doing big volume business, the little guy has to stand in line, you know what I mean? Mm. I gave up ordering by mail. But I hate trying to deal with them in person. <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> oh, no, I hate to say anything, but the merchandise is slipping. I mean, my four-year-old was throwing the thing against the wall. Granted, the trademark shouldn't just come right off. Yeah, I see what you mean. By the way, my name's Marge Gutman. My shop's on Union Square in San Francisco. You can't miss it. Why don't you look me up? Yeah, thanks. I will. Bye. Dr. Dan calls the coroner, and she tells him that someone made a huge error, and they have been autopsying parts of the car. Just plastic and metal shavings. That's weird. Hmm. Back in the motel room, Ellie and Dr. Dan have a fun night. Lucky girl. <laughs> there is something about Tom Atkins that is so hot. I don't know. Maybe it's that late 70s holdover daddy vibe with that mustache and i don't know he's just got this kind of sexual energy and it's in other movies like in the fog i don't know there's something <laughs> anyway cut over to marge's room and she picks up the silver shamrock logo that fell off the mask and there's some sort of computer chip on the back side so she pokes it with a bobby pin and zap right in the face and her face goes all gross and these bugs crawl out. Ugh, bye-bye, Marge. A little later, cars are pulling up outside the motel, and Dr. Dan gets up to see what's happening, and bam, we get man-ass for a couple seconds. 
but it was worth it. And believe me, you know I used to try and pause that scene just right, and that was shaky VHS pause, but still, it worked. <laughs> that ass shot is one of the reasons I like this movie. <laughs> but not the main reason, no, of course not. So the car pulling up outside is actually a van, and a bunch of white lab coat guys packing Marge into said van. As Mr. Cochran pulls up, and this guy is creepy. Who's in charge of the patient? Why, Mr. Cochran, of course. Mr. Cochran, good to see you, sir. Oh, good evening, Mr. Rafferty. It's all over, my friends, just a small accident. The lady's going to get the very best possible treatment, I promise you that. Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. Should we have the most marvelous facility there for emergency treatment? Saturday the 30th, the day before Halloween. Dr. Dan calls the coroner back, and she hasn't found one bone fragment or anything, just ashes and car parts. Weird. So Ellie and Dr. Dan find out that Ellie's father was there. And who shows up but Buddy, Betty, and Little Buddy? Buddy is there because he sold the most masks out of everybody in the country. Congratulations. And they are getting a private tour of the factory. And Dr. Dan and Ellie join them. It's kind of cool scene, actually, showing the mask being made and all the molds and stuff in the back. We also get to see some of Silver Shamrock's older toys and novelties. Oh, wow, this is it. Hall of Fame time. What's famous? You really don't know. Connell Cochran, the all-time genius of the practical joke. He invented sticky toilet paper. Oh, oh you must know. The dead dwarf gag, the soft chainsaw, all his. Gee, I didn't know that. And before that, he used to make toys. Oh, remember that when I had one of those when I was a kid. He used to sit and watch it for hours. And the man has always paid attention to detail. Then Little Buddy gets a free pumpkin mask. Lucky. <laughs> they find out there is some sort of final processing that the masks go through, but they don't get to see what it is. Hmm. I'm sure they'll just let that go and move on. We also see that all over the place are men in suits just standing and staring. So Dr. Dan and Ellie leave, and on the way out, they see Ellie's father's car in a part of the warehouse, but the suits block her. So Ellie and Dr. Dan head back to the motel. Dr. Dan tries to call the police, but he can't get through from this town. So he heads back to the room and finds Ellie missing, and outside is a row of suits. And they break into the room, but Dr. Dan jumps out the window. Now he's the running man from the beginning, but he runs towards the factory where they're holding Ellie. So Dr. Dan breaks into the factory, wanders around, avoiding the cameras, and finds himself in a room with an old woman knitting. But it's not a woman, it's an automaton. And bam, the suits grab Dr. Dan. And he punches it, but nothing's happened. So he gets him down on the ground and he starts wailing on the suit's stomach. And it's all this yellow goo coming out. And it's a robot, and the robot shuts down. And then two more suits show up, and Mr. Crockeran too. Next morning, Sunday, October 31st, Halloween. They take Dr. Dan to the final processing area and down in an elevator. And we get a little more info about the suits. The surprising thing is that the internal components were quite simple to produce, really. The outer features took much longer to perfect. But then, of course, in the end, it's just another form of mask making. Bless you. Convincing, aren't they? Loyal and obedient, unlike most human beings. Then they come to a huge room with a big stone in the center. I'm guessing the stolen Stonehenge stone. And they are taking pieces of the rock and putting them on the mask. Then we get the demonstration scene with Buddy, Betty, and Little Buddy. I'm sorry, but Betty's outfits in this whole movie have been atrocious. Ugh, 
80s Midwest trash. Blech. Anyway, they are all in a room to review commercials, so the TV plays. And Mr. Cobbett will be here and everything will be fine. He just wants my opinion about some television commercials or something. You know, I still can't figure out why they won't take my orders for next year. You know how I like to work ahead and, well, they're just not interested at all. Maybe they're not going to have Halloween next year. Ha, ha, ha. All right, roll it. It's time. It's time. Time for the big This is just the same old stuff. It's come. All you lucky kids with silver shamrock masks, gather round your TV set, put on your masks, and watch. Honey, don't get too close. You'll ruin your eyes. Jack-o'-lanterns, gather round and watch. Watch the magic pumpkin. Watch. So little buddy watches the commercial with his mask on then collapses and his head rots and bugs and snakes spew out betty faints buddy gets bit by a rattler it's an amazing scene as that music just keeps going and going and going so bye bye buddy betty and little buddy <laughs> now all over the country you see silver shamrock masks flying off the shelves cut to the corner calling the motel looking for dr dan but she gets the same recording he did trying to call out as she's on the phone one of the suits shows up grabs a drill and drills into her head bye bye coroner back in santa mira it's 7 30 p.m and dr dan is strapped to a chair as cochran has a little story enjoy the horror fun doctor and don't forget to watch the big giveaway afterwards why cochran why do i need a reason mr cochran was right you know i do love a good joke and this is the best ever a joke on the children but there's a better reason you don't really know much about Halloween. You thought no further than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. It was the start of the year in our old Celtic lands and we'd be waiting in our houses of wattles and clay. The barriers would be down, you see, between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in to sit by our fires of turf. Halloween, the festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Sacrifices are part of our world, our craft. Witchcraft? To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. They're in alignment. And it's time again. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. And... Happy Halloween. But Dr. Dan breaks free and throws the mask over the camera, perfectly, from across the room, one shot over the camera. <laughs> then he climbs into the air vents. Um, yeah, okay. The air vents that are perfectly clean and big enough for a big, strong man to shimmy through. I don't think so, but it's a movie. Okay, I get it. The suits find that Dr. Dan is missing, but he's made it to the roof, heads back into the factory, and he's in this room with boxes and boxes of masks. And I'm thinking, shouldn't those be out in the world? Their shipping department is lagging. Ugh. So Dr. Dan finds a phone and calls his ex-wife to tell her to get rid of those masks that are on his kids. But again, she doesn't listen and she just keeps talking and yelling and whatever. So he hangs up. He finally finds the room with Ellie in it, and he gets her up and out of that room, so they start running as the suits head their way. 
Back in the room with the big rock, Dr. Dan and Ellie sneak in. Dr. Dan sneaks up to the main controls by the big rock and starts pressing buttons, then runs off with a box of the logos with the little computer chips in them, and he drops them down and they misfire all over the place, knocking out all the robots in that main system area. Then the rock starts to glow and a circle around the robots forms and a beam hits Cochrane and he disintegrates and then the rock explodes and then the factory explodes. So it's all over, right? No, I guess not, because as they drive away, they hear the commercials are still playing on the radio. And Dr. Dan asks Ellie if she's okay, and bam, she attacks him. Oh no, she's a robot. So they crash, and he knocks her head off with a tire iron. So he runs off because that car is fucked, and makes it to that same gas station with that same attendant. And then he calls somebody. If it goes on, it means the death of millions of people, everyone watching. Don't you understand that? If, if, well, say it's a bomb, then say, say whatever you want. Say whatever you like, just get it off the air. Please, you just... I, no, no, I can't prove it. You've got to believe me, believe me. Take it off the air now, please. You've got to, it makes sense. Here's a Tuesday interruption. We're having technical problems. Please stand by. It's time. It's time. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Dark masks. Gather round your TV set. Put on your masks and watch. All witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third commercial. It's still on. Please. Watch Take off the third channel. The third channel. It's still running. Stop it, please. For God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to... Please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop the end. So did it work? Did he save the kids or did they all just switch over to that third channel? It's a mystery, but at least he tried. And who did he call? And did it only go off in his local area or all over the country? It seems unlikely that calling one place would work for the entire country. Okay, but it's a movie, I get it. And we don't find out if his kids are okay, uh, if his ex-wife got bit by a snake, nothing. But he did try to warn her. I can imagine the aftermath and all those kids have died and he shows up and she's still alive and she's like the reason because she bought those masks. I bet she'd finally stop talking then. Uh, <laughs> her character just irks me so much. I don't know. Well, that was Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982. Now, is this movie perfect? No, not at all. But I like the story, though they could have given a bit more backstory of the witches and Stonehenge and all of that, but they focus more on Dr. Dan and the factory and the suit robots. The soundtrack is amazing, of course, the acting was good, and we got to see some man-ass, so all in all, good movie. <laughs> so I give Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 7 out of 10, Silver Shamrocks. Now don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends to check out the Reflections of Darkness podcast, and Feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns, movie recommendations, whatever. All my information is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Happy Halloween. Just a minute, I didn't mean to scare you. I saw that bottle.
Thought it looked pretty heavy. I, I ain't got no diseases. You mind if I have a drink? Mm. <clears throat> God damn. Thank you.